This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Um, How many are excited about what God wants to speak into your life? I don't know about you guys, but I have realized and recognized through, you know, several different experiences, whether it's been pastoral ministry, whether it's been working at John Howard Society or the Ark Youth Shelter or just living life, that we have a massive problem with the words that we use. We have counseling session upon counseling session upon counseling session with adults who were never told that they were loved dealing with that thing when they're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. And I have news for you today that God's heart for you is so full of love and grace and mercy. And at the same time, he wants to see you making right decisions and living well. And I I, I want to start this morning by saying this message today is completely strategic. It's planned to prepare you for next Sunday. Are you ready? Okay, so I'm going to call it Prophecy 101. Prophecy 101. Are you ready? This is not like a basics course, but I'm going to just take you through some of the basics of prophecy. And I hope by the end of this that you are inspired to understand that God desires beyond anything to speak into your life words of hope and words of purpose. Amen? Okay. Um, I'll start by saying this. What in the world is God's heart towards prophetic ministry? What in the world is God's heart towards prophetic ministry? For those that are listening already and saying, I don't even know what that is, I'm going to explain it in a second. So just sit tight, I'm going to get there. Well, God's delight is in in expressing his heart towards you. Just the same way a parent expresses their love, their care, their concern for their children, God desires to express his heart toward us. He desires to declare hope and purpose and a future. And I have news for you today. Prophecy is one way that he does it. It's not the only way, but it's one way. But it is a powerful way. When you see the pattern of Scripture, you see that the Old Testament was built upon the foundation laid by the kings, the priests, but also the prophets. You fast forward to the New Testament and you see in the book of Acts, wherever there was an experience called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, three different occasions it references prophecy as putting one of the main sources of manifestations that happen in that experience. We see in the New Testament about prophets and prophetesses that are declaring the word of the Lord over cities and over churches and over regions. God's heart is declared to you today, His heart for you. Sometimes in church, depending on what background you've had, sometimes we get this really weird and really mystical idea of what the prophetic is. How many of you have ever been around a church where it's kind of woo-woo, shoo-shoo, mystical way out there? Right? And so what happens is, is we get... If I can say it, if I can just be honest and not lose anyone here, sometimes we get so caught up in how we prophesy and the style in which we prophesy and the culture in which we prophesy that we actually miss the entire point of what prophecy is all about, which is for a human vessel to be yielded long enough to speak the word of the Lord of grace and of love and of purpose and comfort and exhortation over God's people. That's it. 
It's not more, anything more complicated than that. But when we see people that are doing some pretty crazy things, uh, I've often had conversations with these people, and, they, and I asked them, I said, you know, I think it was a great word that you gave, but why did you do that? They go, well, you know, when the Spirit of God just comes on me, that's just what happens. And I go, okay, but have you ever thought that the message received is more important than how the message is given? And they look at me like, well, don't you know, you know, get the whole finger waving in there. Well, you don't understand nothing. I said, no, I do understand something. That at the end of the day, if I speak to my children and they don't get me, I have the problem, not them. Right? So I'm going to speak to my children, whether that's in love, whether that's in discipline, whether that's in whatever it is. I want to speak to them in such a way that they're going to understand it. They're going to take it in. They're going to apply it. And they're going to walk it out. Amen? So, what is our heart as a church towards prophetic ministry? Well, our desire is to establish prophetic worship, a prophetic atmosphere, and a prophetic culture. You say, why? Why would we want to do this? Or what are the reasons why we feel so strongly about that? Well, we believe that because when God uses seasoned ministers and ministries under the the, the, um, in the state or the context of the local church, under proper pastoral supervision, a word of the Lord can transform your life. Yeah. I'm living proof here today that I've had throughout my life guys that have called me out of meetings, called me out of this, called me out of that, looked right at me and read my mail. And I go, there is no way on the face of the planet that you would know that. I remember a couple months after we got married, some of you are here this, but for those that are new, it's a cool story. When literally a couple of months after we got married, we were in a service, it was a Sunday night service at OCC, and Sandra and I are just sitting there enjoying the message, and in the middle of the guy's message, he looks at us, stops his message, and says, you two, and we're like, here we go, come on up here. We're like, okay, 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 I gotta come on up, and he says, I just saw a picture of you two like two ships passing in the ocean and you almost missed each other but God's divine intervention brought you together well he didn't know that Sander was from Sweden and I'm from Canada and there's a big blue wet thing in between called the Atlantic Ocean he didn't know that the fact that we almost missed each other by three days for those who may hear our story at the pastor's potluck if you're coming um, we almost missed each other we literally almost missed each other by three days and he says, I see you two like two ships passing in the ocean and you almost missed each other, but divine intervention brought you together for a great purpose. Well, I don't know about you, but when you hear that, it's like, whew, thank you, God. Thank you, God. But because we believe in it, because we believe it can be life transforming, we're also going to be incredibly intentional about certain things. So I want you to understand that we believe in the prophetic, but we don't believe in being weird. Okay? We're not weird. We're not flaky. We're not Fruit Loops. We're not Frosted Flakes or anything else that is some sort of sugary cereal. We're not that. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to intentionally teach on it. We're going to pastor it by following up with every single person that has a word of the Lord over them. We believe that prophetic ministry, the core heart issue of the prophetic ministry is to bring encouragement and comfort. We're going to encourage it publicly and privately. We're going to have clear boundaries that we're going to set so that people can be protected and cared for in an environment that is safe and secure. 
And we're going to allow people who have a proven ministry and a track record to come in and do some of those things. Charlie Sweet is a proof of that. Gary Hayes is a proof of that. Bob Isabel is a proof of that. We can start going through the list of people that we've had in this church over the last seven years. These people are proof of proven ministries. When people around the world are making phone calls to Charlie Sweet and Gary Hayes and Bob Isabel, please come to our country. I'm not talking, can you come to our little city in the midst of America? Gary Hayes in the last six months alone has been to like four different countries worldwide, including Africa and Brazil and Mexico. He's all over the place. Bob Isabel is the same. But proven track records. And we want to believe that things are going to be done decently with integrity. How many are excited about that? Okay. There are six different words that we're not going to spend any time with, but I'm going to talk about five different Old Testament words, one New Testament word that is the, the definition or the, the interpretation for prophecy. And when you look at those five words, and if you want to know what they are, come talk to me after. I'm not going to get into speaking Hebrew or Greek to you this morning. But when you look at those five words, it always references the following uh, things that you have to understand what prophecy is. Number one, it talks about prophetic ministry as someone who sees. In other words, they could have visions or dreams. Another one is someone who hears. In other words, they could hear an audible voice or have a sense of something or a burden for something. How many have ever been praying for somebody and you have this overwhelming sense that God wants to speak to them and this thing, it's almost like it's bubbling up. And you, you don't want to put the lid on it. You just want to take the lid off. Right? How many know that you keep the lid on a pressure cooker, it's not good? Okay, all right. The third word talks about an utterance. In other words, a, a heavenly utterance that comes from the Lord. The fourth one talks about words that are falling like rain. In other words, it's talking about a supernatural experience. And the fifth word, uh, which is found in the New Testament, is this word, that literally is repeated 200 times in the New Testament, and it means this, to speak forth, to foretell, or to foretell the, de- the, the declaration of God. Sound good? So if I were to define prophecy today, I would say that prophecy is a declaration of a message from God, not known by natural means, but by divine revelation, including prediction as well as anointed proclamation. I want to say to you this morning, how many know that there's been a lot of controversy regarding prophetic ministry for the last number of years in the church? Okay. If you've never known that, trust me, just believe me on this one. There's been a boatload of controversy on it for years and years and years and years and years. And sometimes people get scared away from controversial issues because they think it's bad. But I have news for you. Find the most controversial issues in the church today. And I guarantee you God's all over it because the enemy hates it. So who's going to start the controversy and, 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 and if I can say it so boldly today, who's going to create a counterfeit? The enemy. How many know that we cannot counterfeit a $3 bill? Because it doesn't exist. So the enemy's not going to come and have a counterfeit $3 bill, but he is going to come and have a counterfeit prophecy, a counterfeit prophetic ministry. A counterfeit this, a counterfeit that. I don't know about you, but there's several people in our culture today that are looking to horoscopes. They're looking to tarot cards. They're looking to palm readers. They're looking to a whole bunch of different things. Well, think about this. That, in essence, is the, is the counterfeit of the prophetic ministry. For those that don't know the background on the devil, whose name was Lucifer in heaven, he was the worship leader of heaven. Why in the world do you think he's counterfeited so much of our music in order to 
uh, delve into the realm of sensuality or sexuality. Well, think about this. I think he was the one that came up with Beyonce and Lady Gaga and all them. It was his brilliant idea. Why? It's to distract you from the purity of the, of the music that God had created and originally set inside of him, which is to give glory and honor to God. But with every single thing that God does, especially if it's significant, there's going to be a counterfeit. So don't be thrown by that. Don't go, wow, why? I don't understand that. Trust me. If there's something that is so deeply of the Lord, there will be a counterfeit. Guaranteed. Without any doubt. And I'm sure we can all say yes to that. Just turn on the news. And you can see it happening all the time. So what in the world is the function of prophecy? Well, I could get really deep, but I just thought I'm going to keep it really simple. What in the world is the function of prophecy? In other words, why is it here? Why does God use that? Well, in essence, the function of prophecy is to be a mouthpiece for God. That's it. I'd give you something deep, but that's it. It's when someone wants to submit themselves long enough so that God allows them to be a mouthpiece for God. It often involves encouragement. It involves comfort. It at times can involve warning. And even at times it can involve judgment. But I'll say this. People who prophesy and really bring judgment, for the most part, are people that would operate out of Ephesians chapter 4 office gift of a prophet, not someone who operates out of the spirit of prophecy or the gift of prophecy. I've seen some people that say, ah, the Lord is using me to be a prophet to the nations, and all they do is go around and just basically tear people's life to shreds. I have news for you. God the Father does not tear people to shreds. He builds them up. Now, how many know as parents that there's sometimes where you have to bring a little discipline to your children, and in some ways you have to be stern, and you have to be forthright, and you have to be direct. You have to be assertive. But how many know in that process that to beat them up, or to yell and scream at them, or to do all those things, how many know it's not productive? As a matter of fact, it's counterproductive. So what do we do in those moments when we're looking at the prophetic ministry of God? We have to say, okay, God, I believe that you've got a gift of prophecy, or I believe that, Lord, you've placed something upon my life that I can prophesy, So, Lord, the most important thing from this moment on is that you prepare me how to give a prophetic word in such a way that the hearer is going to receive it and live it. So that means you've got to get out of the way. And that's one thing I can honestly say for many people that I've seen throughout the years. There's far too many people that are prophets, quote-unquote, that don't get out of the way. As a matter of fact, they want to be seen. How many have ever seen people that like to be seen? How many just feel these warm and fuzzy feelings about them all the time? No. We get annoyed by them. We get frustrated. We, in some ways, we get turned off by them, and we, we don't like it. It's irritating. But prophecy can speak of a present situation by often appealing to the past. So sometimes when the prophetic word comes, the, the, whoever's giving it will sometimes draw upon things from your past in order to see where you need to go. We had this... Uh, trying to think of the timing of it now, two months ago, when Gary Hayes was here, there were several words that he gave where it was like he was appealing to something from the past in order to frame it and then giving a word to something to look forward to. This is where God wants to get you to. This is what God's stirring up in your heart. So believe it today. Believe that God is speaking to you today. Okay? So what are the different realms of prophecy? Well, there's times where people will prophesy the Bible. Sometimes we, again, for those that are from a prophetic background, they get all mystical about it. 
But some of the most prophetic things that I've ever done is I just spoke a verse over somebody. And they were like, (laughs) that's my favorite verse. How did you know? (laughs) I don't know. But God told me to tell you that. So sometimes the most profound moments you'll ever have with prophetic is when God declares whether a full verse or a phrase of a verse or something from Scripture that speaks to your situation. Amen? Second thing is this, is there's a spirit of prophecy. In other words, an atmosphere of the prophetic ministry that we can create. How many have been sensing over the last year that every single Sunday something can happen in worship? Right? And I'm so blessed that Telly was on today. It was awesome. And for those that didn't hear, that was Telly blasting Revelation Sangha. That was awesome. She did awesome. But I tell you, why can't Telly, next time she's on, have a prophetic word over this church? She can. Why? Because there's no limitation upon God. The only limitation we have is the lid that we put on. So once the lid comes off and we say, God, I want you to speak and in any, co- any context and in any capacity that you want to. Lord, we're not going to limit you. We're not going to put you in a box. We're not going to put these big boundaries up and say, Lord, you can only do it like this. One of the greatest detriments to a lot of the struggles that churches go through is that they've declared to God, God, we want you to speak. God, we want you to move. But in actuality, they framed how they want him to do it. Right? But we have to literally say, listen, we're going to use wisdom. We're going to use pastoral counsel and support. We're going to follow up. We're going to teach. We're going to preach on it. We're going to, we're going to help you guys to understand it. But at the end of the day, our declaration back to God as a church is God whatever you want, because this is your church. This is not my church. This is not Sanders' church. This is not the leader's church. This is not the volunteer's church. This is God's church, and we just happen to be a part of it. And it's awesome. And why is it important that we develop a prophetic culture in our church? And I don't want to be weirded out here for a second, but I want you to just track with me for a minute here. Why is it that we want to develop a prophetic culture? I remember many, many years ago, the church we came from, OCC, there was a a gentleman that um, every New Year's Eve would get absolutely blasted, hammered, any other word, plastered, any other word you want to use. He had a serious issue with weed, He was seriously connected to the wrong people. He had never stepped foot in church ever in his life. And at OCC, they used to have these uh, New Year's Eve services that started at, what was it, 10 or 10.30? 10 o'clock, and they'd go right through midnight so that we would celebrate the new year together as a church. And long story short, somebody in our church had invited this guy to the New Year's Eve service. Never stepped foot in church ever in his life. Never knew anything about God didn't know anything or have any background, even family, uh, any family connections to church or to God or anything. He gets dragged into church. And I knew that he was coming because the person who told me was actually in our small group. And they said, you've got to pray for this guy. This guy's messed up. This guy's so messed up. But let's pray that God touches his heart today. And so we're there. Sanders leading worship. I was actually on the worship team that night too. I was singing. And I'm watching this guy. And at OCC, everyone used to come to the front and worship God. They would literally just gather around the front, and some Sundays it turned into a mosh pit. It was crazy. It was awesome. But everyone's worshiping, and I see this guy sitting in the front row, but technically he's behind everybody, but he's in the front row, and he's doing this. 
and just kind of watching. And his eyes is just going back and forth, kind of side to side, just watching. And he's watching around, and he's looking at everyone, and he goes, gets his hands up, and he's still walking. He's still looking around because he's following what everyone else is doing. Right? He doesn't know what to do. He's thinking, oh, I'm in church now, so I don't have to kneel and pray, and I don't have to run up to the front and take the sacraments with the priest, so I haven't done that, so I'll just, I guess, raise my hand. I don't know what they're doing. In the middle of this worship experience, the pastor gets up on stage, has a prophetic word, reads his mail. Pastor Frank didn't know. Reads the guy's mail. So I'm focused on Pastor Frank, and as he's speaking, I go back to this guy, and I look at him, and he's on the floor bawling his eyes out, blubbering mess on the floor at OCC. No, he's uncontrollable on the floor, bawling his eyes out. But five minutes later, he gets up and he starts, remember, honey, he starts dancing. He starts dancing around the front of the altar. God spoke through a guy who was yielded in order to bring change. That guy today is still serving God, loving God, married, doing amazing, has his own business. I have news for you today. God is an unorthodox God that will meet you wherever it's possible for Him, not what's convenient for you. You look at all the stories through Scripture and Jesus is walking along the road to Emmaus. Well, He was going to Emmaus, but He got sidetracked. Why? Because there was a declaration from heaven that needed to be made over that person's life. He will stop everything that He's doing to interrupt your life, to declare how much He loves you. Do you believe that today? Amen. So what is our responsibility? What, what are we to do? Well, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.19 that we're not to quench the Holy Spirit. We're not to quench Him. In other words, we're not to ignore Him. We're not to take it lightly. We're not to kind of put Him off to the side or put Him on the shelf. We're to we're to look to him, we're to follow his leading. In verse 20 in 1 Thessalonians 5, so verse 19 it says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. The very next verse it says, do not despise prophecy. Do not despise it. Welcome it. Take it in. The verse 21, the very next verse it says this, to prove all things. So in other words, don't quench the Holy Spirit. In other words, say, God, whatever you want. Second, God, if you want to use a prophetic word over my life, I say yes to it. Third, very simply this, third thing is this, okay, now I'm going to test it to see if this is true. How many have ever gone through life in, your, uh, in particular situations, it could be related to work, it could be parenting, it could be a, uh, a child situation, it could be a friend situation, and you, through a, a process of time, you surround yourself with what you believe to be wise friends who can give wise counsel. How many know that that's wise Right? The Bible is basically saying do the same thing with the prophetic word of the Lord. Surround yourself with people who can give counsel, advice, and help you to test the word of the Lord. How many know that God will very rarely, very rarely, come to you and declare something over your life that you had never heard of before or was like out from left field? But what he often does is when he comes and speaks, he brings confirmation to what God has already been stirring up in your heart. Therefore, it's not going to be shocking. It's not going to be like, wow, I never heard that before. It's like God is already speaking. Oftentimes, it's like 
the old puzzle piece of the first prophetic word fits to the second one, which is the third, which fits to the fourth. And by the time you get five, six, seven years down the road, it's like, wow, I totally see how those puzzle pieces fit together. And I totally see what God's doing in my life. For, uh, verse 21, it says, hold fast to what is good. How many know um, if someone comes up to you and says, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is telling me that you're going to die in three days. Now, I want to encourage you, as, as Impact Church peeps, as we call you, here's what I want you to do. First thing I want you to do is to say, I don't believe that and I don't receive that and walk away. Second thing I want you to do is I want you to come tell me. Because what we're going to do is we're going to have an opportunity for growth. I'll tell you this, is that possible that God could come and do that? Yes. Is it rarely ever going to happen through someone in a church? Yes. Is it going to be a prophet of God that has got a track record for 35 years? Yes. Will it ever happen? Scale of one to a billion? Almost never. But there are certain cases where God will bring a doom and gloom word because you haven't listened for 30 years and God's going to bring something so incredibly strong like if you don't change this, bam, ba dum ba dum ba da Right? How many parents have gotten to that moment where it's like, if you don't listen to me one more time? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Okay, of course, none of you have ever done that. So, it also says that we should desire to prophesy. Desire to prophesy. Ezekiel chapter 13, for those that like to take notes and want to follow along with scriptures after, verses 1 and 3, it says, Don't, or be careful not to prophesy out of your own heart. How many know that the problem with prophetic ministry is oftentimes not what God wants to get across, but the fact that we, that God stopped speaking about five minutes before we did. <laughs> do, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, God's done. God just said, I just want you to tell him that everything's going to be okay. That the situation you're going through is going to be okay. God's got, a, God's got an alternative plan. There's another way that God's going to make it happen. And then you just keep going. So what happens is, is some of those things reveal the insecurity of the person giving it. It's like, I feel like I've got to say more. The best thing that we can do is say what God's saying and then just zip it and throw out the key and just leave it alone, right? But the cool thing is, is because we believe in a prophetic culture, we believe in prophetic worship and we're teaching on it, this is going to be a safe place for you to prophesy and mess up. How many in this room are are prepared to be prophesied over by others in this congregation to have them make a mistake? Come on. Absolutely. You can start by prophesying over me. Just don't say anything about the maple leaves. None of that. That's not of God. All right. When we had follow-up with everybody that had a prophetic word over them from Gary Hayes two months ago, one of the first things I did is I sat down with everyone, and for those that are in here that remember exactly what I said, first thing I said is, guys, listen. Have you ever gone out in the middle of spring and taken all of your window screens out and take your pressure washer and start washing those screens? Have you ever noticed how dirty those window screens are? I said, prophetic ministry is the same. The water that's coming from the hose, in other words, the water that's coming from the source, God, is pure. But when it comes through a human vessel, the water that comes out on the other side of the screen is dirty. It's impure. It's imperfect. It's, something's going to be off. So oftentimes what happens with somebody who gives a prophetic word of the Lord over somebody is oftentimes they'll be barking up the right tree as far as the issue that you're dealing with. 
But sometimes out of their own experiences or the things that God's showing them is they'll go off the wrong limb in explaining it. So you'll take that word and go, well, that's not of God. And I say, listen, take all that stuff aside and go back to the core root of what he's saying. What is the interwoven themes of that prophetic word? Because when you see the themes of that prophetic word, you're not going to get caught up with a phrase or a thought. And this is where God wants to teach us how to receive and handle a prophetic word well. How many know, just like last Sunday, where we talked about carrying the weight of the mantle, the call of God on your life, and I compared it to my grandpa's old workman coat that I could never fit into or carry? Well, it's the same thing with the prophetic word of the Lord. God wants to develop you spiritually so that you can handle the weight of the word of the Lord on your life. So that you don't crumble under it. Okay? So, what do we do? There's three sources. I'm going to come to an end here in a second, but there's three sources of prophecy. The Holy Spirit, you, or the enemy. So how in the world do we tell the difference? <laughs> how do we tell the difference? Well, there's some very easy, simple things that we can, we can look to that actually are very easy. Number one, is it in alignment with God's word? If it is, I guarantee it's God. Is there peace that comes as a result of that word? If there is, I guarantee it's God. Is there a sense of hope, faith, that is rising up out of your spirit when you hear that word? I guarantee that's God. I want to say this to you this morning. The enemy's way of prophesying is very easy to tell. The enemy's way of, of doing it is very simple. How many know that when somebody is hurting then the easiest thing for them to do is to hurt you in order to make them feel better. Right? So the enemy will speak in such a way that you actually come out of that feeling worse off. You, 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 you feel like you can't do it. You can't accomplish what God's calling you to do. Now, there's a huge difference between the enemy working and you dealing with your own fears and insecurities, granted. But the greatest struggle for people is not to figure out what's God and what's the enemy. The greatest struggle for people is to figure out what's me and what's God. Right? So how do we tell that? I want to free you up from any, any fear of ever missing the word of the Lord over your life. Are you ready for this? God loves you so much. Are you ready? You're all sitting down? Okay. God loves you so much that if you don't get it the first time, he'll tell you again. And if you didn't get it the second time, he'll tell you again. And again, and again, and again. Now, if you're 27 years down the road, and you've had 538 prophetic words by 538 different people, and you still aren't following the word of the Lord, there's a problem. So, God loves to repeat himself in a very kind and compassionate way. Okay? Number one. Number two. Greatest strength and support that you'll ever have in realm of prophetic ministry in your life is a strong church that loves you and can support you and be uh, advice to you and feedback to you. It can be uh, not only the church, but also pastoral leadership. The greatest thing that you can have is be connected into a church because with that comes healthy accountability. If you go out there in, in the city of Kingston right now and you find a lot of prophetic people the majority of, I'm going to say not just Kingston, but anywhere, you find a majority of prophetic people, most of them 
are not connected to a local church. Or if they are, and it's a very small level. Why? Because they don't want to be corrected. They don't want to be challenged. But what's going on is oftentimes these people are hurting other Christians and they're not, they're not being held accountable. So in this context, we're going to do things so that you're safe, you're secure, you're taught, you're followed through, you're, 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 every question is answered. I will take every ounce of my day to answer your questions regarding a prophetic word of the Lord over you because I believe in the strength and the safety of a church family that can help bring support to you in the time of need and in a time of a declaration of God. Tell you right now, there's incredible things happening in our church, and a lot of it is happening because there was a word of the Lord over that person, and now people rally around them. It's like, whoa, that's awesome, man! I've lost count of how many people. We actually joked about this with Tina. Hopefully, it's okay if I share. People have come over and said, "So, have you bought a new dress?" Because of the word of the Lord over Tina's life, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. God wants to speak to you. So, how do you tell that difference? Well, I think we've already mentioned a couple of things, but I, I, if I'm going to land with one thing that's probably key, and then I'm just going to come to a close here. You have to position yourself over time to learn how to discern the voice of God. And it's the answer no one likes because they want everything now. How many know that, I, I'm sure the story before, but I remember when Josiah was first born, we were at the Supercenter Walmart in Oshawa, and Sander was down five or six, seven, eight aisles down in Walmart, and I was down the other way trying to get something, and some child started crying, and instantaneously I knew it was Josiah. Now, I had no idea that it was him because he was five, six, seven aisles down the way, and it was hustling and bustling because it was Christmas time, but I knew that it was Josiah. So I beelined it down, and sure enough, who was down that one while with Sandra, and Josiah was bawling his eyes out. How did I know his voice? Because I heard it, and I've listened to it, and I've responded to it. The more that you hear, and the more that you do, the more you'll hear. And the more you hear, the more you do, the more you'll hear. So what happens when people struggle to discern what's the difference between God and themselves. And it's oftentimes because God has given a word for you, he's declared something over you, and you haven't done anything with it. You're, in a sense, you're sitting on it, but you haven't done anything with it. So what happens is, not that God backs away, but in essence, over time, the voice of the Lord gets quieter and quieter and quieter because you're not responding to the first thing he said. So the best thing we can do is is train ourselves to respond to the voice of God and not obey it seven years later, but to obey it instantly. If we know, again, get support around you, get pastoral care, get support with wise, spiritually mature people. I know she's not here today, so I can pick on her, but I'm telling you right now, if you ever want someone who's ridiculously wise and the prophetic, it's Ray. I tell you, if you ever want to bounce something off somebody, go to Ray. Sandra and I are gifted that way as well, but Ray's awesome. So if you feel like there's something there and you don't know how to process through it, get help. Amen? Amen. So what are some of the questions that we have to ask in order to help us? Question number one, does it line up with God's word? Question number two, does the, pro- does the word of the Lord line up with the character of God? How many have ever had, you know, 
little rumors floating around that so-and-so, that so-and-so, that so-and-so said this. And as soon as you hear that, you know, well, that doesn't line up with who they are. That's not them. That, they would never say that. Right? So you have to understand, what is the character of God and does it line up with the character of God? Okay? Is the goal restoration and encouragement? Is the prophetic word coming from a proven, uh, yielded human vessel? Does the prophetic word bear witness with your spirit and you sense the, the peace of God? Or do you sense confusion? If there's confusion, it's not of the Lord. Because the Bible says that confusion is not of God, but from the enemy. So if there's confusion, it's not of God. Just throw it out. And have a little party while you're throwing it out and do whatever you've got to do. And then the last one, what I love, is 2 Corinthians 13, verses 1. And it literally says this, By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. Whenever we hear that, the natural Christian kind of interprets it as, well, if God you know, plays a song that I needed to hear and it has a phrase in it, and then somebody else says this, and there's that phrase in it, then that's got to be it. The prophetic confirmations of the two or three witnesses, the witnesses actually can be any, anything, but in actuality, whenever the Bible refers to this, it often refers to the witness of your own heart, the witness of your pastoral leadership, the witness of those that are wise and strong around you, the witness of the Word of God, the witness of the Holy Spirit, and oftentimes the witness of alignment to the character of God. How many know if you're not doing well, the last thing you want to hear is, get it right, would you? Right? But if, if we're receiving a prophetic word of the Lord where you're just, man, you just, you, you're the worst person on the planet, you just don't ever seem to get it. If you would just do this one thing, your life would turn around. I don't know, it's not a, that's not in alignment with the character of God. It's not. So we have to recognize what it is. And our goal in this day is to help guard you from harmful ministries. We had a situation actually on the June 14th night when Gary was here. And I was made aware of it after. Um, but there was somebody visiting from another church who went up to somebody in our church and, and, and prophesied over them and, and caused that person to have fear and doubt, and confusion, and other things. There was actually two situations that, that night from two different people visiting from another church. Um, but right away, I dealt with it, and it, the most amazing thing is those people just felt protected. So I sat down and said, listen, how did that make you feel? Well, I was confused. The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Therefore, that's from the enemy. So do this with it. Field goal. That, just think field goal. You're kicking that ball as hard as you can. That's what you're going to do. But because they're supportive as that strength there, we want to guard you from hurtful ministries. I want to tell you this today. We would never invite a guest ministry into this church if we felt they would be harmful to you. Ever. Just the same way you're going to be very picky about who watches your kids when you're away. We're going to be ridiculously picky. Okay? Second thing is this. We want to guard the integrity of the prophetic ministry. We want it to be pure. We want it to be true. We want you to be encouraged. We want you to have a prophetic word of the Lord that will transform your life. That's what we want. Right? Last thing is this, is we want to be sensitive to the power of the prophetic ministry and how it affects your life. Right? Because God's desire for you this morning is to speak, as Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, to speak a word in season to those who are weary. How many are weary this morning? Let's be honest. How many are weary? How many had a summer that felt more draining than it actually was helpful. Okay? Listen, we live in a culture right now where people are weary. 
And when you're weary, you're tired. When you're tired, you're susceptible to temptation. When you're susceptible to temptation, you make bad decisions. When you make bad decisions, consequences follow. When consequences follow, you get scared out of your mind. You don't know what to do with it. So most people dig a hole and hide it. Hide in it. They just dump into the hole and that's where they go. But I have news for you today. That the word of the Lord over you. I I can prophesy this over you because it's the word of the Lord. God has come to bring a word in season for you who are weary. So be expecting. God doesn't need Charlie Sweet to give that word over you next Sunday. God doesn't need Cameron and Sandra Jeff to do that or Rachel Quirt or anybody else. God can speak to you, yourself, wherever you at. One of the most profound moments Pastor Frank ever had was in the shower. Was that not true, honey? Most profound moment he ever had with God was with his Pert Plus. In the shower. And God spoke to him. He was a blubbering mess in the shower. Thankfully, you know, with the water coming down, you couldn't tell what was the tears and what was the actual water. But I'm telling you, God can speak to you anywhere. Anywhere. But surround yourself with people who are going to help walk those things through with you. Because without that, the prophetic ministry can be disheartening. It can be discouraging. It can be dangerous at times. But it can be awesome at the same time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com. 